today we're beginning the book of Hebrews. This book is one of the few in the Bible that lacks the name of the author in the title. There is usually a reason for that, and often it's because the author might not be accepted by readers for some reason, often something not related to their actual qualifications. Some believe it was written by Paul, others would claim Apollos, and there are quite a few other possibilities. But few of these people would be rejected because of a personal aspect. I believe we need to look beyond the standard suggestions to find a possibility that people at that time, in the first century, would find suspect, but perhaps suspect for the wrong reasons. Not many scholars would agree with me, but I think Priscilla was probably the author, perhaps assisted by her husband Aquila. So why didn't Aquila put his name on the book? Because most would know that Priscilla did the work. There were people that were mentored by Priscilla, but officially they were under Aquila's tutorship. Her name appearing first in many cases in the scripture reveals that she was probably the greater scholar of the two. She and her husband attended one of the greatest Hebrew universities of the time, most likely the one in Alexandria, Egypt. The concern is the return to Jewish customs and practices by many Jewish converts. It is thus not surprising, but a little ironic, that the author or authors make use of a common form of Jewish exposition called the Midrash, which is a form of commentary on the scriptures, or sometimes commentary on commentary. Instead of taking only one passage to comment on, the author of Hebrews makes use of several texts of the Old Testament. While the title is Hebrews, some translations offer what is probably the more exact title, Messianic Jews. Thus, I stand amazed at the genius who wrote this book under the inspiration of God. It is a book to Jewish people who believe in Jesus, yet they are being encouraged by leaders to abandon at least parts of their faith in Christ. But the book is written in a well-known style of the time, which was used to comment on the Old Testament, which would have resonated with those who have a Jewish background, a commentary that urges them to, to return to the pure Christian faith using a literary style that is purely Jewish. The author was a genius, but then her or his source of inspiration, God and his son, knew a thing or two about Judaic-Christian-Hebrew faith as well. No question about that. But this is not to imply that the book is irrelevant for other Christians. All of us, including Gentile converts, have much to learn from the book of Hebrews as well. In fact, God originally designed the church so that we would all learn the Old Testament foundations of the faith from our Jewish brothers and sisters. That's why God began with Jewish disciples, who were mentored by a Jewish rabbi, Jesus, and began ministry with the Jewish people, assuring a rich knowledge of the Old Testament. 
As I'm sure you know, the gospel went to the Jews first, as Jesus directed, then to the Samaritans who knew much of the Old Testament, and then to the rest of the world. Of course, the rest of the world was primarily Gentiles, but there were numbers of Jewish diaspora throughout the world who could season the Christian message with Jewish Old Testament principles that served as the foundations for the new faith. That there are so few Jews in the church today reveals how far we have departed from what God intended. Parts of the book of Hebrews are written in a distinctive Jewish form of literature called the Midrash, which means commentary. Thus, the writer guides us to a stronger and richer interpretation of select Old Testament passages, most of them in the book of Psalms. Yet at first glance it appears to be a letter minus an introduction. It ends with personal greetings, regularly found in other letters of the New Testament, yet it has much in common with other Midrash-like manuscripts of the era, such as those found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. This book is complex, and you might want to use a good commentary <laughs> with it, for the price is hard to beat Greg Keener's New Testament background commentary, a single volume that I use regularly. I do not recommend the Old Testament volume, which was written by other authors and seems to imply the Bible might have borrowed quite a bit from ancient civilizations. After reading it for a while, I grew tired of reading about pagan ideas and compromises with the Bible. Keener, on the other hand, is a great scholar and trustworthy. I'm not as certain of those who did the Old Testament volume. Perhaps I should give you an overview um, of uh, where Hebrews will take us, so you're less likely to lose your way. Kent Dobson in the First Century Study Bible says that several verses of chapter 2 are an exposition of Psalm 8, verses 4 to 6. Then in chapter 3 and part of 4 of Hebrews, the author provides commentary and explanation of Psalm 95, verses 7 through 11. In the remainder of Hebrews 4, up to the end of the chapter of, uh, up to ch the end of chapter 7, the author considers Psalm 110, verse 4. In Hebrews 8 through 10, the book of Jeremiah is considered, specifically verse 31 up to verse 34 of chapter 31. <clears throat> Another section of Hebrews 10 analyzes Psalm 40, verses 6 to 8. Hebrews chapter 10 through the beginning of chapter 12 considers the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, sometimes called Habakkuk, in chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 12 considers Proverbs chapter 3, but only two verses, while later in Hebrews 12, Exodus chapter 19 was interpreted. Okay, that's... Quite a bit of complex uh, analysis and different parts of the Bible. And maybe you can just sort of re-listen to that part and get those down. Uh, that's probably the best way to do it. While Hebrews does consider many other important Old Testament scriptures, these eight midrashes, or more correctly midrashim, are a focus of the book, 
Yet a central concern is to explain Psalm 110, verse 4, which it does in Hebrews 4 through 7, which focuses on the priesthood of Jesus. We could spend a month or more on this book, but we won't attempt to explore everything. With Keener's commentary, you can see almost everything you could ever hope to find. This is Brother Don.